VHS files contain spoilers, adult content, and harsh language. Listener discretion is advised. It's showtime. Welcome to the VHS Files Podcast with Jenny Lou. So what do you want to do tonight? Jason. What about pizza and movie night? Eric. I want to rent a movie. And Josh. I want to go to a good video store so I can get a good movie. And this is the movie of the week. Get this pizza movie night started. Hola and welcome back to the VHS Files podcast. How are we all doing? Doing great, Josh. I'm alive. Si, senor. Is, is Jenny alive? I think she's maybe, uh, she did. Check her pulse. She might not be alive. I'm alive. Jenny is very much alive. However, she is living with a hurt back at the moment. So she's very relaxed as we talk about tonight's movie of the week. Yeah. You need more tequila, Jenny. <laughs> more tequila. Don't eat the worm. Or do you want to eat the worm? <laughs> All right, Jason, you're getting a little too close to the border down there, I think. Eh? Dude, I live in Texas. How, you can't get much closer, dude. Hello. <laughs> we should throw a video up on our uh, um, Instagram or something of Jason when he got on video for this <laughs> podcast today. It was pretty funny. I was dressed for the occasion, man. I mean, <laughs> shoot. I, I remember when I moved first moved from Texas to Florida, everybody's like, are you Mexican? Because of the black hair, and I was pretty tan back then, and everything's like, no, I'm actually not. I'm just Texan. Not no, I'm Mexican. actually the guy from the back, from the uh, sync. but... Uh, People yes, get confused all the time. Insane. I'm Chris Kirkpatrick. This, as it goes back for years since I've known Josh, he <laughs> used to. We used to play show in the band I was in, and his band would play before or after us, and he would say, "Chris, I love you," from the back of the room. So if you want to hear more about that and some of the uh, how we interacted with each other when we were younger, you can go back and listen to our listener questions episodes. Exactly. We talk a little bit about our background there. So just a little bit. But as for now, we're going to get to the movie of the week. In 1957, Ricardo Valenzuela had his family, his talent, and a dream. Rock and roll. I really dig your music, and I'd like to record it. Oh, Richie, I'm so happy. By 17, you're professional now. Richie Valens. He was a star. I love you, Donna. You know, I'm still going to marry you one of these days. With three hits on the charts. Holly is lining up a plane to fly us on to Fargo tonight. Hey, come on, let's go. But one tragic night in 1959, his star fell. This summer, it rises again. Columbia Pictures presents La Bamba. Uh, La Bamba, directed by Luis Valdez. Um, Not a very well-known director, I don't believe. Uh, Before La Bamba, he had directed a... Movie version of a musical called Zoot Suit. And then after La Bamba would do the TV movie The Cisco Kid. He's a voice actor. I believe he did a voice in the uh, the Disney, the Pixar movie Coco recently. Coco. Mm. 
Um, so that's kind of where he is in the Hollywood phase. Um, Probably worth mentioning that uh, he, he's acknowledged as the founder of modern Chicano theater and film. And that he was would... born a migrant, a migrant farm worker. So similar beginnings to uh, huh. Richie Valens. Richie Valens as Interesting. well. Interesting. So. Which makes him perfect for this uh, for this movie here. Yeah. So, La Bamba came out July 24th, 1987. We got another 1987 movie on our hands today. We love this year. <laughs> La Bamba, budget of $6.5 Did anybody do their homework? What was the box office? I swear to God, I'm the teacher's pet with this shit. Come on, guys. I mean, Jenny can see it. She's just not going to read it. Yeah. Okay. It was $54.2 million on a 6.5. That's a pretty hefty haul for a little documentary about a musician that not too many people knew but did back in the day. Correction, biopic, not documentary. And this oh, is biopic. our first biopic. Yeah, biopic, sorry. Right? Yeah, this is this yeah. is our first biopic we're talking about here on the VHS Except files. for RoboCop. <laughs> yeah, that is the true history of Detroit. <laughs> right or there. Or Rob Lobocop. Rob Lobocop. <laughs> Literally. Check out, the, check out our Robocop episode for that reference. We have talked about 1987 quite a bit in the in recent time and even before that in our earlier episodes. So we've talked quite a bit about this uh time. I, I'm <sighs> Actually, last week when we talked about RoboCop, I brought up La Bamba because it came out around the same time. Um, but yeah, you brought up, Eric, that this is our first biopic on here. And this is kind of right where the 80s were getting with biopics about musicians and everything. So this was joining the ranks of Sid and Nancy um, and things of that nature. Uh, Coal Miner's Daughter. Some That's of the ones before like. this one. Um, but... Let's go ahead and, uh, Eric, what do you have for us this week about 1987? We're sending you back in time. <gasps> Whoa, this is heavy. <laughs> well, Josh, let's take a look at music in 1987. Fitting uh, enough. Yeah. I, I uh, love it. U2 releases The Joshua Tree, an album that would lead them to such superstardom that Apple would later force their music to download on all of our phones. <laughs> I hate that freaking... Oh, yeah. God. Make uh, it go away. Hey, guys, what do you call a Christmas wreath made of $100 bills? What, Eric? Aretha Franklin's. Speaking of which, Aretha Franklin becomes the first woman inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1987. Oh, uh, I, uh, uh, I met, I, I, well, I didn't meet, but I have yes, seen Josh Aretha Franklin in the flesh. She was standing five feet away from me. I, I shit you not. That is amazing. In a McDonald's off a highway exit in Atlanta. <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. Uh, okay, okay, don't worry, guys. We're halfway there. Uh, which reminds me that Bon Jovi's Living on a Prayer was the biggest song in the world in 1987. Wow. Uh, Brian Adams' Heat of the Night becomes the first single to be commercially released on cassette. Cassette oh. singles then became known as Cassingles. I've never heard that in my life. Did they? I've never heard, I've never heard that term at all. <laughs> That's what the internet told me. Uh, Internet's wrong. Cassettes remind me of how Jason treats his underwear. There's a side A and a side B. <laughs> yes. Hey, and then when you turn them inside out, you can use each leg hole, and you know you can go about three or four days. Come on, man. Uh, and finally, this band would become the first act to be censored by American Bandstand. 
Hit it, Josh. Yes, yes, y'all. Yo, and you don't, don't stop. stop. Keep it on. Sock in the place. Yo. Yo. See, hey, I got nothing to prove. Pay attention, my intention is to boss the move. I turn cards and cans and bottles and sections. Between the turntables, keep the vodka and oh, the mix. Beasties. Yes. And, of course, that album is from 86, but uh, they didn't have an album in 87, and I had to pick the closest thing. Oh. Hey, you got to make it work, dude. I mean, how many times can we make you do something about the year 1987? Dude, you're eventually going to run out of world news, music news, movie news, whatever news, and bad 80s jokes. There's only so many. Well, Thank thanks you. for taking us back in time, Eric. Now let's talk a little bit about La Bamba and how we all kind of experienced this movie. Um, I'm going to start with Eric. Uh, yeah, I remember watching this for the first time. It was uh, two days ago. <laughs> and uh, I, I have to admit, I, I, knew that, uh, I knew that Buddy Holly died in a plane crash, and I didn't make the connection here. Although it, it, they make it pretty clear, like right off the bat, uh, yeah. where where it's heading. Uh, but I, then I go, and then he, Buddy Holly shows up, and I go, "Wait a minute!" Like I didn't even realize it was the same plane. Like I, I don't know. But wait uh, a minute, I see where this is going. It was a fun watch. I enjoyed it, uh, and uh, there's not much to talk about really. I just saw it. What about you guys? You you guys watch this as kids or? Oh, it was a regular for me, and I know Jason watched it quite a bit as a kid as well. Uh, we'll talk about that here in a minute. Uh, I'll, I'll go to Jenny because I don't know what her, if it was a childhood movie or something later. But This was definitely a childhood movie for me. Um, Jason called it like a guy who wasn't very well known was in a plane crash. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the way that it was presented to me in my house. Right. Like, my dad loves this movie, uh, loves American Pie. He was 11 or 12 when this happened. So he vividly remembers the day the music died. Yeah. So this, I mean, I've seen this movie probably 30 times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for anybody who hasn't seen the movie that we're talking about tonight, I mean, I imagine the majority of the people who listen to our show probably have seen a lot of the movies we talk about. Um, but if you haven't, this is a movie kind of chron- like sort of talking about one third of the day the music died. It's the day the Big Bopper, Richie Valens, and Buddy Holly, you know, that's what that song's based on is when they got in a plane crash and perished. Very, and Richie Valens was a very young artist at the time. He was only 17. So it's a very heartbreaking story, and it's it's got a very, you know, concrete place in pop culture at this mm-hmm. point. So this movie was... Even when I was watching it as a kid, I kind of felt the statement of it at that time. Um, I actually saw this movie before I'd even heard the song American Pie. Um, so this was more of a big deal to me than like, and it, you know, I knew more about Richie Valens than I did about Buddy Holly or the Big Bopper. So, you know, it was one of those movies as a kid. I think this is one of the first instances where... There was a movie where the center of it was a musical artist got me really into wanting to get into music and play music. And, you know, it's one of those first movies that I remember really grabbing me in that way and like making me think that being a musician would be really cool. 
And you uh, love musician movies. I do. I do. I um, mean, knowing you, I know that you love movies. And I, I have my problems with them, which I've mentioned on one of our past episodes. And we'll <laughs> right. probably get into that a little bit on this one as well. Uh, but yes, I mean, I can kind of look past some things because I am very engulfed in like learning about musicians and watching their stories and things like that. And I think Jason's probably along the same lines there, but Jason, go ahead. Yeah. This movie, uh, I did see this in a theater. This is a one that my mom did take me to, to see in a theater because my mom had these records growing up. I mean, I grew up like many times I'm here in the backwoods of Texas. I was force fed country music, but my mom did have her old rock and roll records. We listened I mean, we had Buddy Holly. He's from Texas. The Big Popper is actually from 50 miles from where I'm living right now. He's from Port Arthur, Texas. Mm-hmm. So he was a big thing around even Buddy Holly. I mean, if you're from Texas, like ZZ Top, that's your thing. But, uh, you know, that's how I grew up with it. Richie Valens, to me, was almost an unknown because Buddy Holly and Big Bopper outshined him, especially right. here in Texas, I mean, because of who they were. But I knew who that was because my mom did have the records. I remember listening to Donna and a couple of the other songs. And, I mean, I remember hearing La Bamba. I think a couple times as a kid, but really after the movie and then Los Lobos did the, yeah, they remade it. But I mean, this movie sentimentally hits me in a lot of ways. I can't tell you how many times I've watched it on VHS DVD or when it comes on TV. Uh, I related a lot to Richie kind of like Josh. I mean, this is a movie I saw like a young kid and I wanted to play guitar. I mean, I had an uncle who played guitar. I wanted to learn how to play guitar. And then I saw this and then Richie's connection with his mother of like he wanted to do it for his mom to give her the better things and that's how I was because at this time there was a lot of stuff going on in my household that was not fun and I wanted to do that for my mom so I had that connection but I also could relate to Bob I had a lot of in common with Bob's situation too that we'll talk about shortly so this movie it hits me in a, a, a pretty deep personal level in some aspects of this movie uh, most of the times I'm either teary-eyed or I have cried watching this movie. I mean, you know, I might be funny and all this other stupid shit. I'm from Texas, but damn, this movie hits me hard when I watch it. So, And to be honest, I was a little worried going into this because I, I hadn't seen La Bamba in quite some time, but I was very anxious. I knew it was a movie I wanted to talk about on this show because of the impact it had on me when I was younger. And kind of, I mean, it's a very small contributor to who I am today, I think, because of how it affected me when I saw it. And even the story, like, but this is one of those, this is one of those movies where it was like, saw this movie and like begged mom, like I have like, mom, I want Richie Valens tapes. Like my mom, I, I made my mom go buy me a Richie Valens cassette tape. Oh. Um, so I could listen to the music and whatnot because it, like it a just single. Uh, yeah, I was about to say, I had a casingle uh, for La Bamba. <laughs> I did not have a casingle. It wasn't even, she didn't even get me the La Bamba soundtrack. It was actually a tape of Richie Valens. And I think this is really one of the first times I saw a movie that kind of depicted domestic abuse. Um, Sexual abuse. In a way that was everything. a little familiar to me. Like I saw, I saw Bob a lot in my own life. And that kind of helped ground the movie for me in a way, I think. And uh, and then you throw the music in there and how Richie is, is trying to do this to be better and he wants something more than what he grew up with and things like that. So I, I got a lot of inspiration and and that's probably because I saw a lot of like kind of real life stuff in this movie that I had never really seen before. 
but I'm anxious to hear for like Eric and Jenny, who probably don't have that same kind of impression for this movie. Like I, Eric, kick us off. Like, what do you think of La Bamba watching it now, many years later? Many years later, it will be 34 <laughs> because I was 10 when it came out. So I'll be 44 this year. So now that we've determined that I didn't graduate high school, Eric, what do you think of the movie? <laughs> I, I I liked it. Um, there's some weird things about. I think some of the they're like structural things for me that don't quite work flowy flowing wise um mm -hmm. just tonally uh but it looks good um i really like all the performances i think uh the guy that plays bob asim asim morales am i saying that right yeah i, I was writing his name down for this and i have no I, idea how to pronounce i think it. it's isai yeah isai morales. isai morales that's what i said Okay. <laughs> anyway, that's what Eric. Yeah, I heard you, Eric. You said that. I got you. No, I I thought he was fantastic. I mean, really, all the all the leads are really great. Um, yeah. And, and it should be noted that this is the first movie that Lou, Lou Diamond Phillips did. This is an introduction to him. I found that kind of weird watching the Blu-ray and watching the cast as they came up. Is you know, Richie Valens is the star of this movie. Lou Diamond Phillips portrays him, yet he is way down the cast line because there's an introducing Lou Diamond Phillips uh, tag for him in the cast. And he's great in it. Yeah, I mean, I have some issues with this performance that we'll probably get to. <laughs> but Is I, it guitar related? No, it's not guitar oh. related. I'm, I'm going to try and be very, like, held back on that sort of thing, but it's I want... It's hard for me and Josh to do that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we can blatantly tell when people aren't actually doing things like that, and it doesn't bother me too much in this one. I think he gives a good performance in that regard. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'll go ahead and touch on it. I don't think his uh, 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 fake singing is all that great in this. Yeah, it's a little off. Um, and and we'll go ahead and get into it because, I mean, he's singing throughout this entire movie. I don't know if it was uh, Artistic Choice by Lou Diamond Phillips I don't know very much about the real Richie Valens, so I don't know how much he's really kind of playing into the how Richie Valens sang. Like, you get these actors that will get method, uh, and like, you know, uh, Joaquin Phoenix for Johnny Cash and all that, um, who will really just try to mimic everything. So I don't know if Richie Valens actually smiled all the time while he sang, but when Lou Diamond Phillips does it in this movie, it makes me want to cringe. Like wow, it, it, all it, your all your blubbering about how much you love this movie, and then you just shit all over the star. Like, yeah, dude, come <laughs> on, man, I'm out of here. Turn my mic off. I'm out. It, it, I like it, his energy. I like that he's smiling and having a good time. I mean, I I don't. There's not a ton of Richie Valens footage that I could no. find on the internet. I I watched a couple things. They're so potato quality that uh, it's really hard to tell. I mean, I think I think. Uh, Lou Diamond Phillips is, you know, kind of channeling some Elvis in there, and I don't, and you know, some of those kind of moves and stuff. I, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't. It didn't bother me. I'll, I'll just say it, that it sort of graded on me a little bit watching it this time. Although I will say the the when I mentioned the tone stuff, there's a just a, a very quick change to him being sick, like right at the end, and it's just. Um, He's yeah. so happy and positive through the majority of the film, and it's just so abrupt. Yeah, but uh, it's a time jump. There's like, there's like I, a, I know a it's a time jump. It's yeah. just, it's a weird, I mean, the death, 
being abrupt makes total sense because it was an abrupt death. Right. Um, but that scene before it was weird. But Yeah, I mean, well, Jason, I want you to put your stuff out there a little bit and, and sort of talk about some of your favorite stuff from this movie or at least getting into the movie a little bit. I forgot it opened with this big plane crash yeah. over a school. Like, the, I, I forgot all about that. And what I found out, that's actually, you know, because in Hollywood, they take a little artistic freedom to build drama for things, you know, we're later going to find out how he died. But this actually happened, and this is a real-life thing, that it was two planes had collided or had an accident and fell onto, like, a schoolyard and killed some kids and stuff like that. That actually happened. And he was supposed to be at school that day, but he was at his grandfather's funeral. So That's insane, first of all. And, yeah, I mean, that's, like, stranger than fiction because, you yeah. know, if you're writing a movie and you go, oh, this guy's been afraid of flying his whole life and he's going to end up dying at the end of the movie. Well, you kind of, kind of, well, you also got to kind of wonder if they took artistic freedom with that is that that happened to him and then he did die the way he did. Did they kind of just over-exaggerate his fear of flying the yeah, whole that's, movie? That's well, what I was going to touch on, yeah. Yeah, they I, might have over-exaggerated that a little. I so. did say that I love the look of this movie, but I don't like the look of that dream sequence. Yeah, the flashbacks the, are pretty grainy. They're like, and, yeah, I think that's it's, how they're it's, supposed to be. Like a, well, yes, it's a, it's a creative choice to make them uh, snowy and look kind of washed out, you know, uh, but it looks bad. I don't like the, I don't like the way it looks. I mean, but yeah. And then, it really I mean, does sort of beat you over the head with the plane thing. Well, we watched it on the uh, Twilight Time limited edition run that came out a couple years ago, and it was 4K? a really nice transfer. Uh, 4K? 4K? <laughs> just, Is no, it 4K? No, it was not 4K. It was oh, I, I just I had to watch it on HBO Max, man. I suck. I'm down the poverty level of movie movies here. Well, for anybody who's a, a movie collector and knows about Twilight Time releases, those are very difficult to get, and I was able to get one of these, so I have to brag a little bit about this one. Sorry, Eric. Gosh, so pretentious. Rub it in. Put the salt in the wound, Eric. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the dream sequences aren't the greatest thing here, um, but I did forget that they were part of the movie. Um, They they must be in California. They are. He says he's never been to Mexico. They're in Northern California at the beginning and Southern California later. That's one thing I really love that this movie continues to go back to is how everybody is, like, speaking Spanish to him. Or talking about Mexican traditions and all that stuff. And at one he's point like, he even says, he's like, man, I've never even been to Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he can't speak Spanish. Can't speak Spanish <laughs> at all. Um, yeah. I, I will say, though, I want whatever his mom's cooking there in the beginning. Oh, dude. It looks you know, delicious. It looks so on the farm or whatever. Good. Oh, my God. It looks so good, dude. All right. Moving on with the movie, but the food did look delicious. <laughs> and now I want to go eat more of tacos so let's hurt get this movie or done so. this might be another instance of a movie that scarred me because something about that scene when bob's riding up and he's like comes real close to riding over a rattlesnake in the road mm-hmm. i remember being freaked out as a kid about about a rattlesnake and i think that's kind of part of where <laughs> where my fear of rattlesnakes come from well the fact that they're freaking rattlesnakes dude hell yeah they'll bite you and kill you that's kind of another thing too but yeah and we don't get enough of them through the whole damn movie so they show up everywhere but yeah but it's a peach plant i think they're doing it's a peach plantation yeah i think so Mm -hmm. yeah they're doing peaches it took me a while i thought it was citrus a few times i guess as a kid but then i realized it was a peach because they're throwing the the whole pit away i think it's just a farm it's not a 
plantation. Though. I'll tell you what I can what I can uh, relate to is, I mean, I've never had a brother. I can only imagine it it would be worse. But when he likes Rosie, clearly, yeah, and his brother swoops in and takes her, you know, mm-hmm. takes her gut punch. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, I've had you know I've liked girls before and my and had like friends, you know, right end up in relationships with the, the girl I like and that's like it kills you you know and then it's imagine like, your older brother now, imagine your brother who you like look up to and, right and the way that goes mm-hmm. after that um you know how poorly that goes for her and yeah um kind of start to get an ill feeling for about Bob right from the bat with the his whole makeout session with Rosie and Bob is a dick yeah he's kind of Bob is a rapist, pretty uh-huh. much. Yeah, yes. not pretty much. Yeah. I mean, he kicks a door in yeah, and he does takes what he wants. I mean, well, I mean, not at this uh, point. He, he is a full blown rapist. Well, later. later, yeah. Later. Well, I mean, he seems. Is she arguing with him when they're? I mean, I think she's kind of being lustful for him here. Oh no, but... she, she was okay. Oh, in the beginning, in the yes. beginning. But, yes. I still feel like he was like forcing it, and she probably didn't want to go as fast as she did. Yeah, but. This was another instance where I thought that uh, Elizabeth Pena, who plays Rosie, like I thought that actress was gorgeous when I was oh yeah yeah eight years old. Like, Me too. Yeah. I I mean I I hadn't seen this, but I've seen her in other things, yeah. and yeah, she's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, obviously the two kids on the water tower thought she looked pretty good too. Yeah. <laughs> they were looking at them all showering out there. The two little like nine ten year old boys up there watching her take a shower but they were also watching richie take a shower too well that was another thing that struck me watching it this time is just how like you can actually there's a glimpse of nudity in that scene there Mm -hmm. um it's very dark in certain places like the movie's a lot darker than i remember it being watching it when Mm -hmm. i was younger but yeah and it's right after this uh i mean we just get richie's on a farm we know he's richie and then we see him he's playing guitar for all the, the workers in the evening after yeah. that so he's obviously got some kind of talent and uh he's hanging out because i think he was running around with his guitar earlier with bob yeah this kid has oh and he slams that thing on the ground two guitars <sighs> and he's a farm worker and he sleeps with him and he yeah sleeps with him. <laughs> where's the hole that's what i think bob says where's the hole <laughs> i was like really bob come on well we basically know who bob where his main thoughts are through the whole he's movie. a class right there. act right there yeah yeah. But uh I love that little that little short neck guitar he's got too. Yeah. Dude. And those are those are vintage harmony guitars that he has in there too and those are nice. Mm-hmm. Like they used to be the old Sears brand guitars that you go order out of the Sears catalogs and stuff. Yep. And hey, can you guys think of another 80s movie set in the 50s with a guy playing a small guitar? Um and fake singing. <laughs> Gee, let me go back in time and uh, <laughs> hit the button. We're going back in time. Uh, but I mean, we get exactly who Bob is out of this in- introduction to him. I mean, he seems like he's the hero coming to rescue them from doing all this, you know, farm work and taking them into the city and getting, you know, he's bought a house apparently that he's a taking, shack. A sh- yeah. Yeah. It's, a it's shack. not much of a house. It's more like a tool shed with, a, with yeah. windows. But it's to upgrade from the farm. I mean, they right. were having a shower outside. Now they have indoor plumbing. You know, it, well, Bob wants to be the hero. Yeah, he does. Right. And that's a big part of, you know, his arc in this is, you know, he's not the hero. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, Richie clearly loves him. Right. I mean, he he looks up to him. He, he, he's he got that brotherly connection with him, but he sees the flaws in him. He knows that he's not good news, but, you know, they have that brotherly bond that keeps them, you know, always wanting to stick up for one another. Uh, it ultimately gets the better of us later, but, uh, but we touched on the domestic abuse in this and how realistic it was, especially like seeing some of these kind of things firsthand, like the conveyance of how, how, how much of a violent and, and unstable person Bob is, is translated here very well. And you brought up the actor, um, Isai Morales, he is amazing in this movie to me. Like I, I think he does some of the best dramatic acting in the whole movie. Absolutely. I mean, talk about range. He goes all over the place in this. Movie. He really goes for it. Happy, he does. sad, mad, drunk, and high. He, and he actually sells. Yeah, he sells being likable too. Like there's times where he's genuinely likable in this movie, even though you know he's an asshole. Right. Uh, you know, there's times. I, I think it also shows, Josh, you know, you're talking about, um, you know, the domestic violence stuff. And, and it also does a good job of showing how families will tolerate other family members doing stuff like that. Right. Uh, you know, like family, the scene where, yeah. she, where the mom says, like, you know, uh, it's not your business, like, stay out of it. Yep. Um, the fact that they, you know, she loves her son, even though, you know, what he's doing is wrong. She doesn't maybe do all that she could do. I mean, she steps in later, but, um, you know, people get away with stuff in family circles because mm -hmm. they're family. And you, you know, if this was just some rando, they would have kicked him to the curb. Right. Yeah. But he's, they keep him around for years and years because he's family, they're family. And you know, that's how a lot of these dysfunctional situations keep going for years and years and years. You know? Yeah. All right, see, now, when I first saw this movie, you don't get a comprehension of how old people are and everything, but watching it this time, I did not realize he was playing a 17-year-old, and at the time, I think Lou Diamond Phillips was, like, 25. Yeah, they, Everybody's 30 in this movie. Yeah, everybody's yeah. 30, but I was just like, and then he meets her. But the fact he's carrying around a guitar in his school all day long. Well, I mean, uh, <laughs> I wanted to bring this up. There were people in school when I went to school that like carried weird, like uh, kids that would bring guitars to school. And I like, carried a skateboard because I skateboarded to school and from school. Yeah. But, well, but not you a know, guitar. you could say like he wanted it with him always. What if he's afraid if he leaves it, Bob will Baba. take it and pawn it. Ah. I mean, that's a very good point. Mm. Yeah. But I mean, his brother, but he knows at any given time, shit is going to go missing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I mean, he's been, he's connected, you know, with, he even says it before Bob was around. Like he he carries the guitar everywhere. I mean, yeah, you make a good point. It's definitely a valid valid observation. It's his most valued possession. Yeah, yeah. maybe so as a young at, in a at a younger age that happened that Bob did that some, to some of his stuff. Where Bob's always had anger issues and broke his stuff. Right, and he's scared that's going to happen to his most prized possession, which is his guitar, because he has dreams of pure rock and roll. Right. So, I mean, that's what he's got his eyes set to the sky. So. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Lou Diamond Phillips portrayal here comes off pretty cocky. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, because he, I mean, he he states it from the get go, and I mean, and, uh, you know, being someone who's played music and played music in front of people, like, you've really got to have an ego to kind of put yourself out there like he does in this. Like, oh, dude, major ego. And that's well, yeah. A couple of knocks here uh, on your point, like when he tries out for the silhouettes. Yeah. Uh, as soon as he plugs that old amp in, he starts singing, and it sounds like somebody just kicked on the radio. Yeah, it yeah. sounds mm-hmm. amazing, and it's just like, wow, he is, he's fucking good. <laughs> you know, well, he's like, I mean, he's got the chops as far as the guitar. I mean, I guess that's what they're saying. I mean, he's been playing for a long time, right? Well, just the singing, everything. Yeah. He just, I, I don't know. It, it doesn't show a whole lot of gr- growth. It's like he's a, he's amazing from the very beginning of the film, right? Like, Every time he starts playing music, he's perfect, you know. Mm. Uh, also, I don't feel like they they really establish why he likes Donna so much. I, I think it's love just at first the, sight. Yeah, just yeah. The, the physical attraction. The, She's the yeah. new girl. He's just got his eyes but, set on her. But, I mean, after he hits it big and they break up and he's Dude, got uh, he's a million girls that look just like her chasing him all over the place what's special about that i want as a viewer to see what's special i'm not saying donna's not oh, special. she's a cutie I'm pie saying, show me yeah, it's show me why she's it's the intangible part that you can't touch you can't describe it or anything it just happens it's the universe that fucking hits you with a lightning bolt bam that's the one you're going to be with and i'm going to she's i'm going to marry her she's mine I mean, why is Jennifer so special in Back to the Future? We don't really know. Yeah, it's just you have that. It's At that. least Jennifer and Marty have like a like a snappy dialogue together. They clearly know each other really well, and you know they kind of right. they probably grew up. They have like a history, yeah. and they talk to you know what I mean. Uh, I don't know that. I just feel like this is we we don't see much other than them meeting and then them breaking well, up. It's, uh, it's they kind do of like, like the a two steamy makeout session. In there, yeah, a right. Later. But it just goes on for so long. Yeah, because um, he's been on the road and he's getting famous, and now she's dating a guy that's on the radio. I want to talk about him trying out for the silhouette, silhouette, and Rudy. <laughs> man, like, okay, the tryout scene is one thing, but when he actually plays the garage party, oh, so bad. That guy's singing is so <laughs> passionate. Charlina, don't you know I care? Charlina. But he is, he is going for it hardcore and like screaming into the microphone and whatnot. Jenny and I looked at each other and were laughing uncontrollably (laughs) when this guy was singing. It's pretty funny. It's like a, it's like an American Idol, uh, you know, (laughs) try out. I I like that part. Charlene, don't you know I care? (laughs) Trying to do like his howling wolf singing with a little bit of just modern rock and roll in there. And I'm like, dude, this is horrible. And not only that, Rudy's an egotistical asshole. We find oh, that yeah. out later. We find that out later. Yeah. I really love that his mom and the, the family are really behind him 100%, though. Oh, his mom is great. Yeah. Dude. His mom is great. Jeez. Talk about Mother's Day. Yeah. Yeah. Love she, her. Great movie mom. Ultimate right mom. Uh-huh. Ultimate mom. Uh, I like how she said you don't know who they're messing with. My grandpa was like whatever Yaki Indian or something. And she's freaking slamming <laughs> yeah. the gears on the car yeah. to drive away, dude. I was like, damn, that's yeah. Awesome. I love that when it comes to Richie, she is no holds barred and she is passionate about it. Uh, I, I love the way they portray her in this. She apparently did hang out a lot with Richie Valens, real mom. Mm-hmm. And 
um, I believe during filming, um, Lou Diamond Phillips was getting really close with the Valenzuelas. And I think at one point the, her mom or his mom actually was just like started calling him Richie because he was like, yeah, like him so much. Yeah. I do and, remember oh, there man. was a That's thing really where, sad. She, where she was actually asking Lou Diamond and Phillips not to do the airplane scene. Yeah. Because she, they had gotten so attached to him and it was just, I guess, didn't want nothing to happen to him and they would just become so attached to him being Richie. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty, that's, that's craziness, man. But even, even like, you know, we talk about his mom, but I I love that Bob is also behind him, even though like, I think Bob's intentions are good. It's just his execution is off because of his problems. Uh, But I, I like, I like the whole thing about them getting Richie his own little place to play. One of my favorite parts is when they're making the flyers for him. And Bob <laughs> speaks up. These look like shit. My dog can draw better than this. <laughs> and it's cool that Bob actually can draw better Bob's than that. Got, yeah. he's, art- he's got some artistic ability there. Uh, and it's and it's sad when he, you know, I mean, I don't know the, the true history of Bob. Maybe he does end up doing some art you know, professionally or something. But yeah, I, I was rooting for him to, you know, he gets he, his drafting table. Nobody seems to care, but yeah, um, he's so obsessed with competing with Richie. It's, it's like, yeah. at least in this movie, right. that mm-hmm. he, he can't, he, you know, if he's not going to be a world famous illustrator, then nothing will be good enough, yeah. you know? Uh, although there is that, that one scene where they really lean into it heavy here, uh, where the mom's like, Richie, you're the best. Like yeah. uh, <laughs> right in yeah. front of Bob, and Bob's just like, uh. right. now I wanted I wanted to t- uh, touch on the scene where they get uh, where his mom, you know, like she said, she's gonna get him his own show. She goes to the bar to talk to the owner Howard, and he's saying, "Hey, their dad drank themselves to death here at your bar. You're gonna let my son play on your stage, and it's a country music bar." Yeah, and they let him on stage, and of course, he busts out some Buddy Holly. And, you know, being where they're, I guess, you know, he's more well-known. But the fact that his brother's back here trying to play the drums. <laughs> oh, my yeah. That was God. fun hearing it, watching him count it off. He was counting and trying to keep up. Yeah. And he was just like, he's like the little monkey trying to play drums. But but he wins over the crowd. These are country music people. You know, they're all good old boys in there. And there is a Mexican kid on stage singing in the country place, and he's playing rock and roll, and he wins them over. Yeah, I mean those are our rock and roll people right there. Those are the beat. <laughs> those are the beats that these biopics hit that I have issues with. It's because it, and I know they have to do it to move the story and the movie along. But I know, like, naturally in real life, there is a lot more time and progression that comes with that kind of stuff. And sure, a lot of bad shows. Like, yeah, a lot of medium good shows. A lot of you know. Right. I mean, I have played my fair share of shitty shows and like, they don't all just go off without a hitch like they do in these movies. Um, bad guitar I mean, cables, broken strings. Yeah. I mean, PA don't work. <laughs> that, that thing you do does it really well mm-hmm. in there when oh, it yeah. shows them have a bad show in there. So, but that's like a, that. another movie, but those are the things that as a musician and, and going through what we have gone through as musicians, like, you know, that like, like this is complete bullshit. <laughs> But right now is a good spot to talk about the cast. Almost famous. Yeah, I know that, dude. I don't know them. I know her. You, haven't you ever heard of that guy? What, what, 
that guy who was in that movie that was out last year? I'm sort of famous for being almost famous. All right. So, Lou Diamond Phillips, we've already mentioned. Isai Morales, we've mentioned. <laughs> Is that Isai Berry? <laughs> I think you're overpronouncing it. I Isai. think he's going a little Isai yeah. Morales. Yes. Correct. Is it Isai? Is it Miles Morales? <laughs> every time I see the name Morales now, that's all I think about. Spider-Man, dude. That's all you can yep. think about. Uh, we spoke about Richie's mom, uh, Rosanna DeSoto, and Elizabeth Pena. We talked about her. Uh, one that I wanted to bring up here. I mean, we've got one. He's he's not not famous, mm-hmm. but I wrote I wrote down Joe Pantaliano. This is going to be a bad Pantaliano. episode for pronouncing names. Pat, Patin- Pantaliano. Pantaliano. That guy. <laughs> Joey Pants Joey is too Pants. famous. Yeah, I, I think he he's been in a lot of damn yes, he a has. lot of stuff. I, think, I don't think he would Listen, qualify I've, for almost famous. I've got a couple. Uh, I'm gonna go with Sam Anderson. The I got him. Uh, Donna's dad. Donna's he's dad. In a lot yeah. Of television. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I, no, wait, I mean, wait. You shitload it. You bring him up. I wanted to ask Jenny. Do you know? Have you figured out no. what, where you know him from? Mm-mm. Lost. He was Bernard in Lost. <laughs> now you know. Okay, okay. I remember him from Growing Pains. He's been in a ton of television. Yeah. He was in. He was the principal in Forrest oh, Gump. Yeah. Uh, he was in Water at Phillips. He was in The Stand as a character. Your mama sure yeah. does care about your schooling, son. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my god. Oh lord. <laughs> um, and then uh, also, I'll throw in Noble Willingham. The uh, the bar owner, yeah, Howard. Yep, he was in Walker, Texas Ranger, City Slickers, Slickers Good, Good Morning, Morning Vietnam, Vietnam, Ace Ventura. But what got He's me wanting to put him on my list is the Lost Boy Scout or the Last Boy Scout. Yep, the he's Lost a team Boys. owner, isn't he? Scout. The he's Lost the Boy Scout. Yeah, the um, Lost Boy. Yeah, the <laughs> Last Boy Scout. Yeah, he's the team owner. He's the team owner. Well, I think his name's uh, Shirley. In the- <laughs> yeah, don't call me Shirley. But yeah, I wrote his name down as well. Um, now, this movie has another tie to last week's movie. Does anybody know what it is? This movie has something in common with RoboCop. Does it have Brian Setzer in it? No. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it doesn't have Eddie Van Halen in it either. <laughs> yes, Eric. <laughs> The um, uh, I don't know the guy that Bob is running drugs for, the big the big dude. Oh, the big. Oh guy? yeah, he's the yeah. guy from the grocery the, the market store. He's yeah. the guy in the convenience store. Fuck with me, the, fuck me. Yeah, he's that guy. <laughs> I saw his face oh, and man. I was like, that dude looks so familiar. What the hell do I know him oh, from? My God. And when I got to looking at it, I was like, holy shit, he was in RoboCop. <laughs> I just I love his character's name for this. It's Mexican Ed. Yeah, Mexican That's Ed. His name, Mexican Ed. <laughs> <laughs> when we get to uh, we get to recast, I have the perfect person to replace him with. So. What well, does anybody have any other almost famous? Because that's all I've got. Did we? Uh, that's pre- y'all pretty much named the ones I had. So, I mean, you got Brian Setzer in there, but that dude's a star in, yeah. in the music world. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I would, yeah, I would have to go with probably the Noble Willingham, or I mean, Eastside Morales. You could, I mean, he's not over the top, but. He's not over the top. He's but been he, in some stuff. He's in like NCIS or something, like a pretty big TV show, I think. Yeah, he, Ozark. 
Oh, yeah, Ozark. Yeah, that's a big TV show. <laughs> He's also done some stuff in the, uh, the Titans TV show. The, oh, the yeah, Titans. yeah. He's like that. He was in Bad Boys. He played the role in, remember the movie The Principal? Oh, dude. Yeah, he was That's one that. we got to talk about on Dude, here. I love The Principal, man. That's ah, good stuff right Jim there. Belushi? Jim right? Belushi and Louis Gossett Jr.? Yep. Yep. That's some good stuff right there. So, But uh, I don't know. Who would we think? Who are we going to go with? I'm going with the guy from RoboCop. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Just because he was in RoboCop. I'm going Noble Willingham. I think I'll go with that. All right, well, I'll go with Sam Anderson. I like... He's been playing the old cowboy for like... Ever. A million yeah. years. Ever. Yeah. He was definitely probably the... Other than Donna's dad, who I don't think is as famous as that guy. He's the guy when I when they went into the bar and I saw him, I was like, that guy. So yeah, I would, I would go with him over Donna's dad. So I changed mine. But recasting, I want to go first this week. Okay. I only have one. And when I saw her, there was no way I could not say this, but I would recast Donna as, uh, with uh, Don't say Elizabeth it. Moss. Oh, that was mine. Uh. <laughs> We've been watching The Handmaid's Tale, and I was like, God damn, she looks just like her. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, totally. She does. Kayla said the same thing she, before I even said it. She, yeah, yep. definitely. So that was mine and Eric's. Did you have one, Jenny? I don't have one. No? No. Nothing? Okay. Jason, take us through your recast. <laughs> well, I didn't do everybody. And it's, it's funny. When I started out doing the recast, it became a uh, Robert Rodriguez movie. <laughs> so, Fitting, I guess. <laughs> but I did not all of them have been in Rodriguez movies. But uh, uh, I went with uh, Connie, the mom. I had two. If it was modern, Sofia Vergara or Vergara, Vergara, how do you pronounce her name? I, one of those two. This is all this I know is going to be mispronunciation. Hot, all I know is <laughs> hotness and hotness. That's all I know them both by. So, but yeah, either either one of the two of them. I'm a uh, Selma Hayek guy myself. Oh, I, I love Selma Hayek. But uh, Rosie, such an enlightened conversation right now. <laughs> uh, Rosie, I had Selena Gomez. That works. Yes. Uh, see, <laughs> just because it's funny you brought up that thing you do, I said Bob K would have to be Tom Hanks because he signs everybody. <laughs> so, while <laughs> it plays Bob Coos, Coos, the guy that signs Richie that we're going to get to. But when I got down to Richie and Bob, man, it was hard. So I was just trying to fit people into their role of ethnicity. Ethnicity. And, and then I, I found a couple that fit because I love the TV show, but uh, I was going to go with Bob as Tyler Posey. Okay. Teen Wolf. Tyler Posey? Teen Wolf. Tyler Posey. <laughs> I don't know who Tyler Posey nah. is. You don't know who Tyler Posey is. Oh my God. Not everybody's crazy for wolves like you are, Wolfman. Dude, he's been in a bunch of stuff. So, But uh, in Richie Valens, I was going to go as, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I've seen him. He was also on Teen Wolf, but he's on a Netflix show called On My Block. But uh, Diego Tinoco. Don't know who that is either. But, but the reason I thought of them is uh, I actually went in to look for pictures of Richie Valens. Yeah. And it's just, and this kid looks a lot like him. Uh, and then looking back at him, I remember seeing him in Teen Wolf. He had a bit part in Teen Wolf. And I was like, that kid could talk. But I also liked it because Lou Diamond Phillips was a nobody. Right. And that movie kind of took him off. And that's what I was kind of going for. Maybe actors that not a lot of people knew. And then it would help him move on to the next level. So. But Mexican Ed, come on. You got to know a burly, nasty biker 
Mexican guy. Who did I cast, Josh? I don't know because I was racking my brain. I was racking my brain to figure out who I would cast as him, and I couldn't come up with anything. Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo <laughs> would have to be Mexican Ed. <laughs> wow. Like I said, it was a Robert Rodriguez movie at the beginning. So, but that's who I had this week. I didn't. Uh, I couldn't think of anything cool because I love this movie. So it was kind of hard for me to want to replace them and be funny about it because I, I loved the movie as a kid. So. It's funny you bring that up, and we did mention that thing you do. There's a lot of stuff I saw in this that made me think of that thing you do. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Tom Hanks did draw from this for inspiration. Um, some of the there are a couple of scenes that are like on the nose, like you've got the guy who signs them in that, and you got Bob Keen in this. Like, there's some very good par- like very close parallels to those movies. Yeah. Yeah. You got differing opinions? No, I just think, you know, how that thing you do took cues from this movie, but that thing you do is a way better movie. (laughs) Well, we're not talking about that thing you do, so unfortunately. I love that thing you do, but this movie holds We'll get to that one at some point. Um, Let's talk about Richie's performance in this little hall that they rent for him. At the Legion Hall. What ensues here? I like that, again, we've got the cockiness of Richie here, like, sort of being like, well, this is what we're going to do, and band sides with me. Like, again, like, I I find Richie to be very cocky, and I wonder how much of that is just made up for the movie, and if if Richie Valens was really like that, like... I don't know. I mean, I, it was hanging out with the family. Maybe they were telling him, hey, he had a little bit of cockiness to him. He, he had he had a chip on his shoulder, and he knew what he wanted to do. Yeah. You know, it could have been that way. But Rudy's an ass anyway, so it, I was glad to see him go. I don't mind him being a, a dick. At well, that yeah, I definitely didn't need cockiness. any more of his passionate Charlena singing. Charlena. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, we need your best impression of Rudy. Can you give it to us? Uh, No. What the hell? No, I can't do it. Uh, All right. Sorry. Eric, you're fired. Um. (laughs) Hey, step into my office. (laughs) And, you know, like most of Bob's issues here, he's he's drunk. I mean, typically they portray him as most of his issues coming from his alcoholism. Uh, So he comes in, obviously, spotlights on his brother. And it doesn't take long for things to get rowdy. Well... We've passed it at this point, but I do want to bring it up since we're talking about Bob's problems, and there are many. Um, the scene where he gets physical with um, Rosie, and then she tells him she's pregnant, and his response to that oh, it's is fucking horrible. Oh my god, mm-hmm. dude! Like it is terrible. You know, you're not my first, won't be or my last. last. Like it just ugh, it goes. I won't get into it now, but yeah, I mean, Bob is, is Bob's a dick. Yeah. Bob is a dick. Like I said, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Rosie really gets shit on. Oh yeah. Movie. Oh yeah. And yeah, I, I mean, mean, I mean, she does kind of run off with Bob, not knowing what she's getting herself into. I'm not faulting her for that, for wanting better for herself. Um, but yeah, I mean, a kid. It, yeah, she was a kid. Uh, they did establish that. So I'll shut my fucking mouth. Hmm. People make bad decisions. She was led astray. Right. 
Well, because she even says that. She said, this is not who I thought you were and this and that and all this. You're gone all the time because he's hanging out with his biker buddies. He's obviously running drugs because yeah. I mean, he shows up with a kilo tape to him and one strapped to his ball sack. And yeah. uh, <laughs> which did you notice? Did you Mexican notice Ed kisses? Yeah, I was gonna say, did you notice the Mexican Ed kisses the one that was resting near his ball sack? <laughs> that was some skunky weed. <laughs> it was right off of his balls. I mean, it only sat there while he rode his motorcycle from Mexico. Or something. <laughs> oh, oh my god! <laughs> hey, dude, what flavor is this? It's called Fumunda. Fumunda, my nuts. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a little skank to it. Oh well. But even even though Bob ruins the night by being drunk and starting a fight in the midst of all of this, uh, we did get you know Joe Joey Pants showing up as Bob Keen and, and seeing their performance. So obviously, Richie's generated a bit of a buzz with his playing, and um, you know even though this turns out bad for the the night, it ultimately gets him recognized. Mm-hmm. And um, so Joe, I mean. Richie's starting to make it big now. So this happens very fast. And with Richie Valens only being 17 when he died, I can only imagine that this probably did happen really fast for him. Uh, yeah. I can't even imagine how how someone of the age of 16 would be feeling. I mean, we've got our kids now that have, you know, Justin Bieber's of the world that have grown up in the spotlight and whatnot. But this was a different time, especially we see a lot of this with with Richie and uh, Donna and his, and her dad, like he was not accepted by a lot of people Mm -hmm. at this time. And, and the bar where he's playing the show in front of all these country shit kickers, I think is what Bob calls him. You're going to (laughs) play what, what (laughs) Boney Maroney, you're going to play Boney Maroney for these shit kickers. (laughs) Like that comment he says as they go in. It's also funny how Donna's dad is playing records and he's listening to like classical music or whatever. Yeah, like he's he doesn't even want to listen to that. I forget what he, he calls, calls it. Jungle music. jungle music, jungle yeah. music, jungle music, which is yeah, nice and racist. Yeah, which yep. growing uh, up in the South, yeah. you've heard that term quite a bit growing up around here. Sure, sure, yeah. But it's a it's a nice touch that they put him listening. To, you get to see him ever so briefly listening to the music that he deems appropriate. And what really kind of just rubs me the wrong way is how the mom is just like, "Oh, honey, you know how your father is." Well, that's how it was back then. Yeah. Mom. Uh, still is. <laughs> In many cases. But, I, don't know, I don't know about your your mom. My mom my mom would be like throwing a chair at him or something. Hey, if my daughter wants to date the guy, he's going to date the guy. So I'm not saying my mom's like that. I'm saying there are couples like oh, that, yeah, and definitely. there are racists like that still. Mm-hmm. Now, one beat but, yeah. Now one beat this does hit is when, when Bob approaches Richie and tells him that he wants to record um, – Richie is not prepared for the process. And that beat they hit actually goes pretty to, close to life. Cause like yeah. when he's having to record over and over and over and over again for those takes and whatnot, like, yeah, like you got that right. That's how being in the studio is. If you're not hitting your points, then you're, you're, you know, you're going to be recording over and over and over again. And I like that it conveys that. It kind of shows you that Richie is good in one sense, but doesn't really know the business and know how to do it so well. And I think that comes across pretty good. What do you think? Yeah, I liked that. I liked that scene. I mean, everything's come relatively easy for him so far, and it was nice to see him have to kind of like struggle 
with the recording session. Yeah, because he did the little recording down in the uh, basement with Bob. Yep. That was just a real quick one, you know, just to get this stuff going. And then they got the one out in Hollywood. That's where we get the, hey, hey, babe. And then the, well, well, over and over and over. <laughs> and I know J- Josh can uh, attest this to being in the studio and either a guitar part or yeah dj or keyboard parts or, or bass parts that josh has done but then listening to a singer trying to get it right even our singers just growled and screamed into a microphone but over and over and over and over that's worse i oh, mean i'm gosh. sure that's harder on the throat than than singing yes, in some cases it, you're like okay I'm, I'm ready to go it's three o'clock in the morning <laughs> and I and I like that Richie is frustrated and he tells Bob, he's like, listen, man, I don't know what's wrong with those takes. That's the way I sing. And I've seen firsthand singers get like this in studios because they're having to do this over and over and over again. But Bob, you know, they, they, they make the dialogue there very, very close to life in that regard because Bob says they've got to be clean takes. we got to be able to edit later. And all of that makes sense. I mean, even in editing a podcast and stuff like that, like you got to know when you can make your cuts and when you can splice things together. So that is one aspect of this movie I really do respect as they went through that path. And I wish more movies would show that side of things. The struggling of making right. the perfect album or the perfect yeah. song. Not, he says it, there he does it. 60 takes. Yeah. 60. That's crazy. Which that's like if David Fincher was trying to get you to record something, you know, like 120 takes. Or Stanley Kubrick (laughs) or something. Right. So this is what... This Go is ahead. what I got out of this, and, and I'm, I'm probably jumping ahead a little bit here, so if you guys have anything before this, we can go back to it. But I found it very shocking that as many times as I've seen this movie, the inspiration behind La Bamba came from hearing it played at a whorehouse. Yeah, Richie goes to Mexico. <laughs> he goes to Tijuana. Why would you let Bob take you anywhere? Right. I think Bob more or less just sort of told him hey we're going somewhere and he was just i mean i don't know that's in a whole another story but i found it pretty funny that he's in mexico his brother's trying to get him laid mm-hmm. and he just has this bright idea to oh i'm i want to i want to do a, a cover of la bomba <laughs> <laughs> i i like that he tries to kind of highlight his heritage a little bit even though he's not mexican yeah they kind of whitewash him a little bit with his name change and, you know, stuff like that. And I, I kind of like that he, you know, he, he ends up getting the, the rattle snake stuff, which he wears on television. And he plays this folk song as one of his hits. He kind of has to fight for yeah. it. You know, we get a, we get a little scene of him kind of fighting for it, but uh, it's, it's a cool thing that he's trying to shed some light on, on that. And right bring some attention to where like his heritage is from again not seeing it in a while i was kind of confused because you know he's pining over donna this whole time and i was like he's really gonna let bob go do this and i know at the time in the movie in the timeline of the movie they are kind of broken off or whatever but he's just got done singing donna this love song that Mm -hmm. he wrote for her and everything and then bob scoops him up and i was like that's fucked up. Like you're going to go to Mexico and just bang some hooker or, or sex worker. And, but he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't. And he I forgot about that. Music. Like I thought he actually did. And wait, he doesn't No, He doesn't. No. Do we know? No, that? Remember he just gets drunk and I know they don't show it, but he's at the whorehouse well, and then he wakes up in the shed and he doesn't even remember 
Hardly he, what went I, on. I would, Bob was saying I mean, he didn't. He just got drunk. Yeah. Okay. He got he got pretty drunk, but he says he got brewed, screwed, and tattooed. Well, two out of three. Yeah, he didn't get the screw. Screwed, uh, blued, and tattooed. Yeah, something like or that. Or at least tattooed. And then he smacks him on the arm or whatever because he gets the... Flying guitar. Richard Valenzuela and his flying guitar. Flying guitar. <laughs> it's cool tat. All right, before we get too far, I want to go ahead and do quotes. You're going to need a bigger quote. Because there's one here at the, uh, the Mexican whorehouse. That I thought was prime oh, I, candidacy. Well, do we want the taglines first? Or are we doing quotes? Yeah. Were there any taglines, Jason? Give us the taglines. Well, there was like four, but two of them were basically a mix up of the two before it. So I just okay. picked the two original. Uh, we got talent made him a star. Fate made him a legend. Okay. That sounds pretty good. Born to poverty, destined for stardom. He lived the American dream. Oh, no. That's too long. T- yeah, that's, that's, that's a little two, much. That's the two we got. But I'll the go other the ones were one. basically just mixed the two together in different versions. That's all the other two were. So. Yeah. So yeah, I do like the first one. I do like the, the star and then face fitting the legend. It works great. But what we got for quotes? All right. Well, the quote that I wrote down, the first quote I wrote down, it smells like fish, but it tastes like chicken. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Oh, uh, I looked at Jenny when that happened in the movie, and she had the most disgusted look on her face. <laughs> Much like hey, now. Hey, my, I have one from the same scene. What do you think of the play? I said, it looks like a high school prom, but then Bob says, but this prom puts out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. You got anything, Eric? Got- yeah, uh, I've got one where uh, Richie says, yeah, well, I'm me. I think he's talking to Rosie, if I recall. She's always talking about She's comparing him to Bob, Bob. right? Comparing him to Bob. Him being home all the time and taking care of his mom. Yeah. Right. Um, Bob says something like, by the sweat of my balls, when he pulls out the the weed (laughs) in his pants. Yes. Uh... Uh, the mom at the uh, at the at the Legion Legion Hall is that what it's called? Uh-huh. Yeah, the American Legion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she says, "Did you find Bob?" And the guy says, "No." And she he, she goes, "Did you look?" And he says, "No." <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got look, man. I've never been to Mexico. I like that one. Uh, oh, she had a girl. We named her Brenda. <laughs> that's an. Nice she does Latino make a, name. Yeah, like she she makes a pretty bold statement there when because she's arguing with Richie and Bob. She had a girl. We named her Brenda. Named her Brenda. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's all. I that's got, the uh, first time you really see her like pissed off at Richie in this too. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I got one, and it's just you know it kind of ties into the fate of the movie. It says I'm gonna be a star, and stars don't fall from the sky. Oh, yeah. yeah, a little on the nose. I think s- there's a lot of stuff that's a little too yeah. on the nose. I, I a little subtlety would would have made this a better movie for me. But. Right. I think that's where like the musical performance stuff comes from too. Is there a lot? A lot of them are super on the nose, and I would love them to be a lot more just sort of chill. Um, the one that I got that I got here is when they're they're after all the stuff ensues here, he gets the tattoo one out there there with the shaman. Yeah, the medicine man guy, yeah. 
And um, he's speaking Spanish, and Richie doesn't know what he's saying, and Bob's translating all this stuff for him. But he's telling this story, and Bob's translating or whatever, but there's a, a line in it that I thought was really cool, and he says, to live is to sleep, to die is to awaken. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that's a good one. That guy skins a real snake there. Oh, yeah. Yes, he does. Well. That was, uh, which, what? you know, you don't see anymore. I got a real Natural Born Killers vibe off that. Yeah, that if anybody's seen Natural Born Killers, you'll know what I'm talking about. Hey, weren't we talking that about that earlier? <laughs> but not about this movie. <laughs> right. But uh, we won't talk about... Venom 2. But uh, let's see. Where, I was going somewhere with that. Oh, yeah, but I love that. I mean, with the whole rattlesnake thing and he's picking up. But Bob also mentions that he's been coming to this guy for years. Yeah. To talk to him about his problems. He's like his spiritual guide or something like that. Right. So I thought that yeah. was pretty cool. And he gives him the little talisman that's supposed to help him with his nightmares about the plane and all that kind of stuff. I thought that was pretty cool. So it shows that even though Bob is a dick, he's a rapist and everything else, he has some problems and he was he was trying to find somebody to talk to about it. So, well, well, I mean, that's that's part of what makes Bob interesting is that he's got layers. I mean, right. he's he's got more layers than anyone in this movie. He's like, an yeah, onion. He's, uh, he, he's you know, he's he's. Uh, you know, yeah, he's he's a violent alcoholic, but he's also a sympathetic character at the same time. He's the most fleshed out character in the film, really. Right. I would I would venture to say this is just as much Bob's movie as it is Richie's. I yeah, I would agree. I think he he moves the story along for us, um, and we're watching Richie grow through through all of this, but we're also watching Bob grow. We don't see much growth by the end of this, but. I do like that you start to see a transformation with his character. Now, where it well, goes he gets after off the booze, yeah, he gets yeah. Where it goes after that, we don't know. But he does get off the booze for a while, and you see him with the kid right at the end of the movie. I don't know that I would use a rattlesnake rattle with the baby because you're kind of teaching the kid like, oh, rattlesnake rattles are good. <laughs> go after, oh, I hear a rattlesnake. Let's go grab it. You know, you want to hear some? Maybe not. When I was a kid, some other kid told me like, you know, just kid gossip i guess but talking about snakes as kids i remember vividly a kid telling me that if you ever see a rattlesnake step on its tail because its brain is in its tail and you'll kill it <laughs> i'm so glad Whoa. that is the dumbest shit i've I ever did heard. not take that advice <laughs> that kid was a, a cold son of a bitch telling you that Dude, if, 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 that is one instant if josh would have listened we would not be having the vhs files right, right. now or he would be yeah, missing a leg well <laughs> i've never like encountered a, a rattlesnake in my life but i'm glad i didn't at this point because i wouldn't well, have known how to actually kill it because i don't know where the brain for the snake's at it's in yeah. the tail i guess yeah best part is you don't have to kill it you can just walk away from it true true that's true Unless it's like in your pants or something. <laughs> wait, did wait. anybody oh. did anybody think it was cringy that he called Donna kitten through the whole movie? I mean, it fits the time. I understand that. Yeah, but those lines stick out. Yeah. They felt a little unnatural. I I don't know. I you know yeah. It's it's like a reminder that we're in the fifties. Or that she can. Hey, don't forget we're in the fifties. Or that she continues to call him high tone throughout the movie high when tone. he says to call him high tone at the beginning and she just sticks with that. That's so bad. Did they call him high tone? It's like lumpy. Did, what did he do? Cut all the bass, bass out of his mix or something? Is that why he's called high tone? I don't know. Uh, he's all mids and trebles on his guitar. I don't know. But I do like, I don't know how far we are ahead or whatever, but I like the fact that, um, uh, 
Bob, tell uh, his manager, Bob Coon, Keen, however they could pronounce it, tells him that he needs to be on American Bandstand, but it's out east, and he's yeah. going to have to fly. And he, he kind of makes him go because he tells him you know, the car they're driving, he's like, basically, everything goes good out there. The car is yours. Right. And so he kind of like bribery hey, almost yeah, a yeah. bribery there to get him to fly. And then he does fly. He doesn't die, but he's wearing the talisman. And it could be conveyed as him just kind of like not wanting to fly. Cause at this time, I think flying was still pretty skeptical. I mean, it, it like it was luxurious. I think we talked about that while we were watching. Yeah. It, it was still a novel thing right. to do. Not mm-hmm. everybody flew, but he's got this, you know, this story of he was supposed to be at school the day this plane crashed. And I think that's, what's driving his fear of flying in this. And, but I like when he originally tells him that they need to fly out somewhere for a show or whatever. Um, Richie is just kind of like, he's holding his own with it, but he says, listen, man, I've got my reasons. Like he doesn't want to divulge that information. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that. They give him that little bit of a, a tip, a, a chip on his shoulder with that because he's holding yeah. true to his feelings about something but i mean yeah i, I mean they also wanted to show us there that you know this wasn't his first like the, the plane crash was not his first time in a plane right like yeah. i think that you know the the bandstand stuff it's like okay well he was flying like he we see him on a plane he got to fly yeah. he didn't like it but yeah he did because i think the first time is they were going to fly up to san francisco because remember they were living in southern yeah. California, right. which he is made him drive. nothing, but out to, I think Philadelphia or New York is where they were going. I mean, dude, that that's a hell of a drive. Right. So flying <laughs> is the only way they could get out there, but it's cool. He's on American bandstand. I like the little bit of video they have there because they actually see the real Dick Clark from back in the days doing the yeah. American bandstand there. They didn't have an actor mm-hmm. playing in and the performances part. of the other people were fun as well. I think like that whole, like the guy who plays Buddy Holly and and or, or yeah. even the yeah. um the, yeah the first show is uh Eddie Cochran and Jackie Wilson yeah the Jackie Wilson guy is really good yeah he yeah. was actually an art the guy that plays him what's his name Howard Huntsbury I think he was like an R and B singer so he already had the chops and then of course Eddie Cochran was Brian, Brian Setzer. Setzer but that scene where Bob sees Richie on TV in the bar and gets emotional and. It's just something about that translates well when he's like, that's my brother. And that guy's like, yeah, right. You know, and I'm your Irish cousin. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) But I I think that's kind of conveyed very well about where Bob's at in his life and where Richie is in his. And And Bob's very conflicted. He's both horribly jealous and resentful, but also really proud and happy for Mm -hmm. his brother. Right. He gets back to the basement and he's drunk, of course, and he just tears all of his artwork. I mean, great artwork, too. He's doing a good job. Yeah, but I don't I, think I, they would have included the art stuff in there if there hadn't have been something true, you know, true to life in that. Yeah. So I, I, I'd i be interested to, like, read up about Bob and, and see if he actually was into art or animation or anything like that. But I do like that we've seen that Bob is getting sober while Richie is gone, but that doesn't change the fact that he still has a huge chip on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, and this leads to a fight between him and Richie that where he tears that talisman off of him. And that's kind of like, oh, the spell is broken. Foreshadowing. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, uh, well, we're there where we're talking about, but dude, we can't pass up the freaking La Bamba scene at well, the true. show. Yeah. I mean, that, that was another scene that was a lot like that thing you do for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's the key scene of this whole movie. That's the, that's what we've been working up to. It's the name of the movie. It's what he got famous off of. 
Um, I don't know if it was his biggest hit right. or not. But do we know if that was Richie Valens' biggest hit? Eric, you're the fact Eric, checker. Mr. Mr. Google, let us know. Well, Mr. Eric. on Spotify, it's the top song on his Spotify account. <laughs> Okay, but so is it Los Lobos second... or is it Richie Valens? No, no, it's it's Richie Valens. Uh, the second one is We Belong Together, yeah. mm-hmm. and then third one would be Donna. There you go. Well, there you go. But dude, I, I... Ba- based on Spotify, but that could be affected by the film. I don't know. Dude, I yeah. love that. I like, mean, Billboard I know that's not Lou Diamond Phillips singing, but I love the whole music section. I mean, Los Lobos did a great job of recording yeah. the music for all of Richie Valens parts. And they're the band in, yeah, they're the band in Tijuana in as the, well. In, it's worth yeah, mentioning. Down there in the prom, quote unquote. And uh, But, dude, that, I love that scene. And I love how they stick it here at the end of the movie, too. When we get to that, too, you go out on that. And I yeah. love that part, dude. I can't tell you how many times I got up with a broom or whatever, air guitar. I'm freaking Richie Valens. I'm rocking La Bamba out in the living room. So. <laughs> did Jason do it? Oh, yes, yes I did. Yes, oh, he did. hell yeah, I did. Josh probably did it. Oh, yeah, I did. See, there you go. This is Josh did it this week. I have all kinds of stories I could tell about mimicking musicians when I was younger. Like I, I used to set pillows up on the couch and act like I was playing the drums to Billy Joel. And I used to think (laughs) Prince was the coolest motherfucker in the world. I still think Prince is the coolest motherfucker in the world. Josh used to think Rick Springfield was his dad. I still think Rick Springfield. Because that's all his mom would talk about is Rick Springfield. My mom was in love with Rick Springfield. But... Um, so, I mean, we get to the, the end of this and I mean, it's, they play it up so well of getting Richie to a point where he can afford to buy his mom a house and make life better for her, which is in another play on, on, on where Bob just isn't quite good enough. You know, he, he did the same thing. He got them off the farm and got them into a nice place in California, quote unquote, nice place in California. And now Richie is overshadowing him here with, oh, well, I'm doing better than you now. Again, like just another and thing again, to kind of, yeah. Like this scene could, could do for a little subtlety. Like I mentioned earlier, the mom's like, oh, Richie, you're the best. Yeah. And Bob's like standing right next to them, you know? <laughs> Bob's like, mom, no. you know? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, and Jason, would you? Well, I was going to get to uh, this part right here. I, I mentioned at the beginning of the whole podcast that there's some things about this that hit close to home for me growing up. That's why I think I, I love this movie. I mean, there's no thinking I do with the music wise, but there's also some personal aspects of that. Uh, we find out a lot of it is that Richie and Bob had a dad named Steve, but mm-hmm. uh, Bob wasn't Steve's son. Yeah. Richie was. So he always baby Richie and stuff like that. And this is where I said I can relate with Richie about the, I, the the love of music and wanting to take care of his mom and his family, but also growing up in Bob's situation at this point of being a kid of a stepfather or thinking he was a father and not knowing that he's not your real dad until they tell you. I have been in those exact shoes as a kid, and it wow. sucks, so yeah. I can relate to that with Bob. And yeah. it hits me hard every time I watch this movie. It it chokes me up because I've been in that exact situation with an argument with a brother later about pretty much that shit of Ugh. being treated like crap because you weren't his kid. Right. So right. that hit really close. I'm sorry to bring this somberness into the show, but that, I mean, no, that, I mean, it's, it's, 
it's yeah, real but and, and i mean i'm sure that is incredibly painful yeah and, and that's yeah, where i, I mean, said i know bob's a dick he's a rapist he's an asshole but i understood him from that point from when he says that as i got older and watching la bomb i used to just enjoy it and then you realize like oh my god i was bob maybe when bob was a kid of well sure and that's how you know it's could be a large reason why bob ended up yeah. getting in trouble and, yeah you know starting on that path of you know depression and alcoholism and drugs and, and everything else yeah and, and getting raping women criminal activity and all this kind of stuff i mean yeah all these all these things are influence your life you know but and, yeah that's it and i really do time. like that i really do like that scene of him and richie talking and he's getting real bit out of shape and and he, he talks about steve telling him that he wasn't his dad um I think that scene's awesome. I even like that he's supposed to be being, you know, he's he's been on the wagon now for I think they say six weeks or six months or something like that. I think it was like a month. And he and he he drinks a beer, but they even go into like because yeah, like I I kind of I always remembered that he was drinking beer in that scene, and I was like, wait, he's on the wagon. And then I liked that they go into that in the next scene. He's like, I had one sip of beer tonight, and it tastes like warm piss. You want it? Like. (laughs) He plays that really cool, really, really well. And and I I like that they are able to convey all of that within, within this scene and, and just how much this is a a sibling rivalry in in ways, but you can tell they still have, they still have that family love for one another, even though Bob is such an asshole and so been out of shape, you know, but yeah, he's a sad character. I mean, ultimately for all the bad he does, he's a, he's a sad character. His sadness is what makes him right. the way he is but it's also about the decisions you make in life to be that bad person and stuff like that sure so i could i could easily went down that differently. road but i made better decisions absolutely so sure but i think eric is right where it cuts to this thank you and, and oh. <laughs> where it cuts to the end here and richie is sick and he's homesick and he's calling bob that's another very nice moment it comes out of nowhere but it does I, it comes right me, out of nowhere give me this is I, it's easy to you know armchair quarterback here but that means i think i know better than the filmmaker josh because josh doesn't know sports references anyway uh it just give me a montage of of ricky touring and just getting worn out yeah a little montage. give me a quick montage of him going here going there yeah. you know just maybe kind of starting to get tired you know, just kind of to show that he's getting worn down. They, I get what you're going instead with of that. just you go from he's you. like fine, yeah, and then and then the very next scene he looks like he is on death's door. You know, when he makes this phone call, and you're just like, dude, what the hell happened? He was fine a minute ago. This is yeah. our new category. Could this movie benefit from a montage? <laughs> That's a good Every one. Movie, everybody needs a montage. Even though it already had I one needed montage. a montage. Uh, we, we've had montages. I need one more. Just give me a 20-second <laughs> montage of Ricky show, just show, touring show. too much, getting tired. They do something. They, I don't know. They do for a brief moment. They give you one little glimpse, and it's pertaining to something that we've already talked about, and it's food. If you listen, when Richie comes back from New York for the party that they're having for uh-huh. him, He's like eating and they're like, eat up or whatever. And he says, oh, I'm starving. They don't have food like this in New York. <laughs> you know, like, right. Which right. New York is supposed to be like the place to go for good food. And it's like, no, no, I want my home cooked Mexican food. Like, yeah, he wants some real home cooking, not at a restaurant. Right. So I do like that scene with the with the home movie and they're filming the home movie. And they you can look on YouTube. They've got 
some home movies from right the the Valenzuelas or whatever. And if you're watching you that watch. scene as they're going through that home movie, which Bob again is great in that little sequence like with holding his thing. his collar up, <laughs> um, but <laughs> and Rosie can't stand yeah. it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, as they cut over to um, Richie at one point, there is a older lady sitting next to him on the couch, and that's actually Richie Valen's mom. Oh, Ooh. I did not know that. Yeah, Ooh, I did. that's cool. That's cool. So that's good. Wow. That's, that's got to be weird for her to film that. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. But now we're at the winter party dance mm-hmm. at the rock show with Buddy Holly, Big Bopper. I even noticed a couple other people on the back of the. Uh, or no, that was the last show. But they're all on tour together, and you get to see Buddy Holly. Like I said, these people were, were synonymous with me growing up because they're from Texas, and I mean, Big Bopper really. Where are you from, Jason? Uh, Tejas. <laughs> I don't think but, I ever told people where Jason's from on this show. Jason, can you tell us told where, where you come where from? from? Uh, I don't know. Where am I at? I don't know. I'm lost now. But, uh, I mean, the Big Bopper was a, obviously a big deal around here. He grew up right down the road pretty much mm-hmm. back in the day. So did uh, he. But I've also heard a, a cool story about this during the homework for all this. Was I mean, they're on a tour. They had the tour bus. And I know you've seen it in other movies like Walk the Line, uh, the Buddy Holly story with Gary Busey, which I think Gary Busey did a good job of playing Buddy Holly. I haven't seen that movie. That's actually pretty good because uh, I actually touch on this part of the this movie in the Buddy Holly movie too. Mm-hmm. But uh, Well, naturally. I think yeah. you kind of have to. Yeah, but you remember like in Walk the Line, he had like Jerry Lee Lewis, Elvis, all of them. That's how they toured back then. They all just hopped in a bus or a car and drove around together. Well, there was an instance at this story going on where we're leading it to after the show. Uh, Waylon Jennings was, I guess, on the bus. He's oh. one of the musicians that was there that night. And him and Buddy Holly had a joke oh. back going back for us. Says, I, I hope the bus uh, breaks down again or like that. Well, Waylon Jennings had made a joke to saying, well, I hope your plane crashes. Mm. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah, I read about that. And they said, uh, Waylon Jennings was asked about it over. And he says, yeah, it's one of the not funny jokes I have had to live with the rest of my life. When they were yeah. doing, when this scene was playing out, I was actually in the back of my mind thinking like, cause there was the, the coin flip for who gets to take the plane and who gets to take the bus. Mm-hmm. And Richie got the quote unquote lucky. Um, he never won a coin toss on, on the coin. He never won mm-hmm. a coin toss. Now that's, that brings me to my point here is he says first, first coin toss I ever won. I wonder if that was truthfully something that was said at that point. Like, if the guy who took the bus and actually didn't get in a plane crash, like, if he commented to someone, like, that's the last thing I heard Richie say to me. Like, something in my brain is just like, I wonder if that's really what Richie said last time this guy saw him. Well, I did read that, um, you know, the way it's presented in the movie is a little different uh, because I guess in reality, the guy, the other guy had the spot on the plane and Richie wanted it. Oh. Whereas in the movie, they kind of play it like they're both up for this spot yeah. and they kind of have to fight for it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I guess in reality, Richie like wanted the spot. And I think he actually suggested. Let's yeah. flip a coin. For ah. I, I do know they so. did not do the coin toss on the airstrip. They did it back at the club. Yeah. That was okay. something. So there I was a coin toss. toss there was a coin toss, but it did not happen out there on the airstrip like that. What a, what a, what a, that's got to be it's one of the terrible. crazier coin tosses of history, yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, but imagine being that I other mean, guy. I mean, it's even and... eerie 
they get on the plane and then buddy holly turns around and says hey we're stars you know we belong in the sky or right. we don't fall from the sky he says that same line but even the the takeoff, it's snowy and just into black. I mean, that plane disappears immediately, and you're like. Whoa. And apparently, the 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 pilot was like 21. I think Buddy Holly was 22 or something. Yeah, they were the and, older of I think some. Of and them. you know, Richie's 17. I don't know how old the big bopper was, but yeah, you've got a a pretty young guy flying this plane. Yeah, a small little teeny tiny. Like I don't know how truthful that one is to what they actually flew in, but. Jenny even made the comment. She's like, that's a teeny so tiny small. ass plane. Yeah, I think it's like a four seater. Yeah, if you're afraid of planes, like that's the last uh-huh. plane you want to right. get <laughs> Now, I wanted to ask you guys, do you think that Richie's mom actually found out about this over the radio? Or do you think she was notified? Because obviously they knew who the people were in the plane. So, like, I know it's the 50s, so maybe... You know, information doesn't travel as fast, but they have telegrams. I know, so that's what I'm why I'm asking. Like, do we do we think this and was telephones played, played for drama for the movie that she finds out over a radio broadcast? Like, or even even Bob? Like, I like Bob's response to it, but Dude, I I mean, basically everybody finds out. Everybody's listening yeah, to the radio. Yeah, manager Bob. Uh, well, Donna didn't find out for the, uh, one of the girls said, "Hey, Donna, sit down. Oh, I need right. to tell you something." You know, I don't know, but as far as dramatically, dude, uh, I, it works for the film. I mean, yeah. them finding out on the radio like that is pretty brutal. I got yeah. chicken skin over here, goosebumps every time Not I get to this part my of the movie. Richie, Ugh. dude, yeah. when she, oh god, um, I was so choked. I choked up earlier watching this. I watched it today. Just to gets to that part, and then the part we're about to get to, <sighs> chills, yeah. fills everything. Man, it's hard. I mean, it's so hard. I think his mom, the car- the lady who played, did a, a great job. And then Isai Morales did it. <laughs> oh, Isai, oh, whatever. Um, that part on the bridge. Yeah. Tears, and, man. And that they close on that with him just screaming Richie's name on that bridge is is pretty impactful. Yeah, the the thing goes into La Bamba. Yeah. It's, it's a little jarring. Yeah, I can understand that. Well, that's the thing. Maybe they wanted to. It is sad, but they also wanted to celebrate Richie's life. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I think that's the that's the intention there. Putting the 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 peak of the film, the arguably the peak of his career or whatever. You know, the, or that big performance, and we leave with that instead of just feeling like total shit. You know. Yeah. And I, I want to say, like, I think another reason this movie impacted me and why it has stuck with me for so long is because it's really one of the first movies where. I was following someone through this whole story and at the end they, they died. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't see a whole lot of that at this point. So I wasn't used to seeing my, you know, quote unquote hero of the movie being dispatched at the end. It was pretty sad. I remember being this, this being one of the first movies that kind of emotionally affected me like that. Like I was sad when I watched the movie and I found out, you know, Richie is not alive. He died, you know, um, I think that's another thing that contributed to me wanting the music and wanting my mom to buy me the, the, the tape and all of that is because like I was affected by the fact that this guy that I just was completely like enamored by watching this movie isn't around anymore. Yeah. She, his mom found out on the radio and you found out w- watching the movie. Yeah. 25 <laughs> years later. <laughs> so, 
but I mean that really pretty much ties it up. They don't beat around the bush when they when they end this thing out. I mean, it's sad. He's seventeen years old, just hit stardom, and but we've seen so many people in the years after that that have gone. It, it's really you know sad to think about, it. and especially like he was seventeen. But you think about all of the the musicians that we hold in very high regard: Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, um, Jim Morrison. Kurt Cobain, all of them died before they were 30 years old. 27. All all of them that I just named died at 27. Yeah, the mm-hmm. 27 club, yeah. Like, did not even make it to their 30s. It just blows my mind to think about that sometimes. Yeah. And then you've got someone like Richie Valens who was not even 20 years old. Still a teenager. But, mm, but. Yeah, pretty tragic. So. Man, I'm sad. Again, yeah. I don't even watch it. Damn, I'm like. I'm sad. I need to. I need Josh, to. Josh, play the Labamba clip. Myself Do up. we have a Labamba? All right. Clip? Well, let's get to the good, the bad, and the ugly. The good, the bad, the ugly. Why? Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> I'm gonna start this week, and I'm gonna go backwards. Oh. My ugly is Lou Diamond Phillips' emotional singing to Donna. And most notably when he's singing in the basement with Bob, um, I forgot what the song is that he's recording, but his emotional singing in that scene, oh, I, I, it was hard to watch. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, the bad is the character or Bob, Bob uh, Morales. Well, his name was Morales in real life. Yes. Bob Morales is terrible. I don't know where he went after this, but if I'm just, you know, kind of singling out what I'm seeing within the movie I'm watching, Bob is horrendous. And I don't really get closure on where his, his life path has led him. So that makes me just think that he continued down a terrible path. I could be completely wrong there, but he does some pretty heinous shit in this movie. It makes me not want to be on his side at all. Mm -hmm. Um, and that leads me to my good, which is Bob. Um, the, a- the actor that plays Bob, Isai Morales, um, is phenomenal in this movie. I'm sorry. Like, if if you're putting him against Lou Diamond Phillips in this movie, he beats Lou Diamond Phillips out of the park, in my opinion. Um, where, 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 as I said earlier, this is just as much Bob's story as it is Richie's. I think his performance kind of takes, overshadows Lou Diamond Phillips' Richie's performance. So, I think you could say that maybe because you're talking about somebody who tragically died, you don't want to get into too much of their negative attributes. True. I mean, Richie is treated very much like a saint in this mm-hmm. film for the most part. Right. And unfortunately, that makes for a little less of an interesting character, mm-hmm. you know. So, I think I think Bob being in the movie really gives this movie a good balance. So therefore, Bob is my bad part of the, this movie, and he's also the good part for me. So. Hey, but real, that's mine. I want to give you a real quick thing about Bob. I just looked him up while we're okay. doing. Uh, well, he passed away in 2018 at the age of 81, so he did live a long life. But uh, it says he went to Watsonville and worked as a rehabilita- worked at a rehabilitation center in Santa Cruz, where he became a popular figure. And met his future wife in 1975 there. So, he so he didn't marry Rosie. No, 
he's straightened up, I guess. And uh, they said even the, till the day he died, he had a mohawk. Wow. <laughs> At 80-something years old, he rocked the mohawk. So I thought that's pretty cool. They even got a Whoa. picture of him here. He's wearing a leather jacket with a cowboy hat, and he has a mohawk. Well, again, if I'm just singling out what they give me in La Bamba, Bob's a terrible right. person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but now, just in case we want to know about Bob. Okay. Who's next? Thank you. No no Thank disrespect to the real Bob Morales. Yeah. So who's Rest next? in peace, man. <laughs> Jenny, you want to go? or? Uh, Sure. Uh, the good is Richie's mom. I really love her. Yeah. I think it's a good performance. She's so supportive. Um, just really n- nice to see a mom in a biopic that's like a nice mom. <laughs> you know, a lot of times when you get into famous people's backstories, it's a very dark backstory and not that his isn't rough. Namely, I, Tanya. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. She. Hey. Well, yeah. I mean, anytime you deal with like a showbiz mom, yeah. Yeah. you, you run hey. into some problems. <laughs> Selena's mom was awesome. Yeah. I and don't her know dad. very much about Selena. I love that movie. Gotta listen to J-Lo. Haven't seen that movie. Jeez. It's good. It's good, man. All right. Go ahead. Sorry, Jenny. Um, the bad is all the lip syncing, just not <laughs> actually playing the music. Um and I'm going to say, I feel like some of this movie on this watch feels a little overacted. It's You mean screaming Richie to the skies yeah, is overacted? And, <laughs> and I think um, Bob in particular goes a little bit too extra all the time. <laughs> but he never, Bob is extra, but man. he never goes full Nick Cage. <laughs> True. Never. Very true. Never goes Who full can? Nick Cage. That's how you go extra, is Nick Cage. So, sorry. <laughs> and the ugly, you know, one of our favorites from the 80s. Olden times, rape. I mean, I, if this movie is true, and I don't know why you would make up that somebody was raped if they weren't raped, Bob's a rapist. And he's dead now. Bob is a rapist. And I'm sure the statute of limitations ran out on him. Yeah. But uh, for whatever turning his life around he did, he's, according to this, a rapist. You have a point. Yeah, uh, I'm going to say that, well, I'll just get into mine if that's okay. Go for it. Rock it, Eric. Are you, are you ready? Because I'll just say my, my ugly is also the rapey stuff. Uh you know, the conversation he has where he says, I basically have to rape her to have sex. Uh-huh. It's like, yeah, that's jarring. Uh, no, there's yeah. no basically, yeah. bud. Like yeah. that. You're Hello. <laughs> you're literally saying that you're raping her on the regular. Yeah. It's disgusting. Um, and, you know, I. Yeah, not good. Uh, rape is bad. Period. Um, uh, so that was my ugly. My bad is the weird tone tonal shift at the end and just some of the. Overly broad you know, uh, like the framing with the dream and it's just like really a little too aggressive hammering with the, the plain stuff. Um, and then my good is the performances, particularly like we said, uh, Bob, but I think everyone did well. I, I, um, I like everybody in this movie, all the actors. I think the actress who plays Donna is a little stiff. 
She's the worst yeah. Yeah. of the film. Yeah, I agree. She's, she doesn't bring much, and that was, you know. Even Mexican Ed did better. <laughs> Mexican Ed's great. I liked Mexican Ed. Too. I think you just like saying Mexican Ed, Jason. There you go. I like that Mexican Ed told Bob to chill. Yeah, yeah, he did. He told him, hey, you need to work out your problems. We're going home. And he kind of did. He tried to yeah. calm the situation down, but it didn't help. Oh, is it me? Sometimes you can't help. Oh, so are we all going back? It's you, buddy. Are we going backwards tonight? Okay, yeah. we're going. Everybody's going back. All right. I didn't uh, go backwards. Well, no, Jenny oh, and Eric okay. didn't go backwards, but I did. I yeah, did, go did go backwards. Oh, okay. Jenny got out of. Were sequence. you listening to me? I'll no. just be the only one who does it right. Is That's Eric okay. Here? Josh, can you hear Eric? Josh always tunes out when I'm is talking. talking. I thought hey, I, I thought I fired Eric. Eric, is this thing on? <laughs> Eric, testy, testing. <laughs> uh, well, I'll go backwards too because. I did hear Eric go backwards, so there you go, Eric. Uh, the ugly copier is rape, 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 rape. <laughs> Bob's a rapist. Sorry. We're very anti-rape on this show. Yes, I, I'm pretty strong. I, I hope a lot of people it. are anti-rape. Yeah, to listen I, to this show. I think everybody should be anti-rape. Yeah, I'm yeah. thinking. Yeah, mm -hmm. I agree. I think we should all get on board. <sighs> if there's anything good to be anti about, it's rape. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of things, but yeah, I'm, I'm pushing rape for number one on the anti. So, uh, uh, and I mean, I know it's Bob, like you said, we don't know if that is exactly true or if it was just Hollywood putting it in there. So we can't judge the real Bob that way. So we don't know. So I'd be pretty mad if Hollywood made a biopic about my brother and made him a rapist. Showed me being a rapist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but and Richie was dead. One. So I don't know. But bad, yeah. Uh, as with Josh, the vocals were not matching with the performances and stuff and even some of the guitar stuff i'm gonna bring it up with the guitar stuff because there's when he's playing la Bamba, i'm like dude you're why are you down here on the uh, like yeah, 17th fret when the whole song is played i on don't three even chords play guitar. up here so I, yeah and i yeah you can tell well, there's and he goes crazy with that performance i mean he's slinging it back and forth dude I, th I thought he was in a freaking like punk band at one point the way he was jumping around so i was well the more he shakes the guitar the better because yeah. then you can't see what he's it's doing it's the vibrato well. it's that zach wilde vibrato you got to shake the guitar to get that sound <laughs> out of it but uh my good uh is i mean i liked have we figured out how to pronounce his name yet isai isai morales isai morales we're sorry sir you're a great actor his acting of bob i know jenny said i loved the acting of bob i mean he goes up down left right crossways over the hill down through the valley and he nails it <laughs> i love the screaming of richie at the end i like i said that's a tearjerker moment every time when he's screaming and then you have the little video thing of him and richie running up the hill together uh in the memories of going to the theater to watch this with my mom and having that and every time i see it that's what i think of and i i wanted to be that little kid that wanted to buy my mom a house and be a rock star and do that for her mm -hmm. so i mean i love it i love that it was him trying to live the american dream he came from nothing to where he was and he was gone too fast it just it, it's sad but that's my good so all right, so that's our discussion about La Bamba. Are we going rent it, forget it, or buy it? Jenny? I'm going to say rent it, but only if you have an interest in Richie Valens and 1950s music and culture. I remember this movie very fondly 
from childhood. But on this watch, unlike Jason, it really didn't hold that magic for me. It felt like Josh was like, this was a great movie. This is a good movie. In my opinion, (laughs) this is not a great movie. And maybe it's because I've seen better biopics since then because it's been a while since I've seen this one it's it just didn't hit my heart quite like it usually does this time I can understand that and let's make no bones about it that thing you do is a better movie yes thank you I agree with you 100% (laughs) there um it's just you know I, I had no idea who Richie Valens was when I saw this movie as a kid it was just a movie that left an impression on me and I was afraid coming into watching it now for a podcast where we're going to discuss a movie, if it would really kind of stand up or if I would see the flaws within it. And when I said that it was a great movie, I just feel like it still kind of holds the test of time for me. Honestly, like I don't see it as dated as the never ending story. Like I had more issues with the never ending story than I did with watching this again. Now, is the storytelling a little clunky? Yes, I, I, I can see I can see things like that in it, but I thought the movie still held up, and I didn't think it was something that I would have the nostalgia for as a kid and didn't like as an adult. So, I, Obviously, I own it. It's in my collection, but I mean, yes, Jenny makes a good point. If you're interested in Richie Valens, this is a great movie to watch to learn about Richie Valens, but if you don't have any interest in that, you could totally skip it. I absolutely don't think it's something that's required viewing. But it's a good movie if you're looking for some entertainment. Uh, rent it. All right. Jason? <laughs> Screw you guys. Own this bitch. <laughs> it's a great movie. And, it, and, it, and not even the fact that just Richie Valens. If you just are interested in ro- the history of rock and roll, yeah. this is a significant event of Richie Valens and what happens with Buddy Holly and the Big Bopper. Yeah. And there's even other biopic movies that took place way for us. Like I recommended the Buddy Holly story with uh, Gary Busey. That's a great, it also ties into this pretty much. But uh, if you're just into that, go buy it, watch it and see if you can relate to some of the characters in this movie. Like I have grown up and yeah. Also, we did not point this out and I feel like it would be a disservice to this movie if we didn't, but the use of sleepwalk in this movie. The, the music at the beginning and the end and whatnot is, is perfect for this movie. I did like mm-hmm. that as well. But that'll do it for La Bamba for this week. And now we're going to go to the Wheel, Wheel, Wheel of, of Movies. movies. <laughs> Can everybody see the wheel and see what we're dealing with here? No. <laughs> there ain't that many movies on it. <laughs> I've taken some off. Okay. Man, that's really spinning. I I'm like I'm just spinning the hell out of it to appease you guys so that way it makes a good revolution. Okay, I, I want to be able to see too. I don't want to make sure you don't hit stop. I'm not hitting stop. And okay. Spinning, 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 spinning. Oh, oh my god! Yes, yes, yes! <laughs> I've yes. been waiting for this one. I've been waiting for this one so much. I was hey. just thinking earlier, what are we going to do Dirty Dancing? We're doing it next week, god damn it. Yes. What year did Dirty Dancing come out? 1987. Did it come out in 1987? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I thought it was 87 or 88, something like that. 
Hey, I'm going to tell you guys something. I, I don't know if I've mentioned this, but I have not seen this all the way through. Wow. Dude! Yeah. It's just a hole in my movie watching. Okay. So, this is going to be fun. How has so Kayla let this, this happen? Well, she brought it up actually recently. Uh, and I said, I'm sure we'll get to it soon, sooner than later. Yes. So here we are. This is going to open some fun conversation for me. Um, I'm not going to get into it now. We'll just have to wait till we get to the next episode. But next episode, tune in. We will be talking about Dirty Dancing. We might as well have just called this whole section we're doing now the 1987 era because all these damn movies are from 1987. Now, should we all pitch in to help Eric with Back in Time next week because the pickings are very <laughs> slim at this point. No, it's a whole year. I got all kinds of stuff. to. I'm sure he'll come up with some more dad jokes for us. Well, he is a dad. I, feel like you, I don't feel like you guys respect my, my jokes. Enough. I love dad jokes. <laughs> I do. I'd buy that for a dollar. No, yes! no, no. <laughs> yeah, I love that show. All right, that'll do it for us this time. We will be back next week to talk Dirty Dancing with you all. Until then, be kind. Rewind. Rewind. Thanks, everybody. Bye, get the fuck out. It's over. You've been listening to the VHS Files podcast. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and drop us a rating and a review wherever you get your podcast. It was fun. <laughs> Send your questions, comments, and movie suggestions to vhsfilespodcast at gmail.com. Don't you blame the movies? Follow us on all social media outlets at VHS Files Podcast. Movies don't create psychos. Check out our YouTube channel for more content. Movies make psychos more creative. Thanks for listening. Did you guys see the sequel to this that was about Bob? It's called What About Bob? (laughs) (laughs) I am not editing dog barks out of a fucking show again. We're just going to wait till they decide to stop barking? Is that Okay. Shut up! Did we get that recorded? <laughs> Shut up! Hey, he's barking too. <laughs> yeah. Daddy said bark more. Bark, 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 mm-hmm. bark, 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 bark. But the little perverts are spying on everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a dork.